Hello again, everyone. My name is Jet Tattersall and welcome to the Women in Pop podcast. Now, due to the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, this podcast is being produced remotely. So do please forgive us for lower audio quality than you are used to. Now, first up, don't forget the latest issue of Women in Pop magazine is on sale now with the icon that is Mariah Carey on the cover. Inside, across 10 pages, we celebrate Mariah's 30-year anniversary in the music industry. Plus, we also have interviews with Carly Rae Jepsen, G-Flip, Dami M, Freya Ridings, Talkie Monster. Plus, we look back at the creation of Whitney Houston's debut album on the 35th anniversary of its release. It is on sale now at a newsagent near you, and you can also buy a copy online at womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. She has been releasing music since 2016 and has steadily been building a reputation as one of Australia's greatest new talents. She has a remarkable talent to authentically inhabit any genre she turns her hand to, and her music has encompassed everything from rap to garage to electropop to dreamy synth, beautiful pop. She has recently released a new EP, Sweet and the Spice, and she is here to tell us all about it. It is, of course, the wonderful Kota Banks. Kota, hello, and welcome to Women in Pop. Hello, hello. Wow, what an intro. Thanks. How are you? <laughs> you got through it. Good, thank you. Look, it is such a treat to have you on the podcast today. How are things oh. rolling in your beautifully sugar and spicy world? <laughs> Thanks for asking. Things are pretty good. I feel pretty, um, there's kind of just like a whole mixed emotion vibe about release, releasing such a um, precious body of work to me. And I was kind of, it's what kept me sane throughout the last few months. And, you know, it's kind of the only thing I did during quarantine. I lost a whole bunch of work and I wasn't traveling anymore and all my plans were canceled. So it was, it's been really nice, but also kind of weird to let go of something that was holding me together for such a long amount of time if that makes sense absolutely and hey you know we're grateful for you releasing it because everyone else had to turn their hand to like knitting or or learning how to make <laughs> bread or something so oh, yours is i did a bit about too <laughs> okay good <laughs> baking as well <laughs> i, I want to talk about i mean the sweetness but oh sweet and the spice it is perfectly titled because it's such an eclectic I want to say like a party bag of an EP like I'm getting 90s R&B we've gone back to a bit of garage we've got dance floor we've got this beautiful dreamy pop ballad I just want to know is it safe to say that this EP is possibly the perfect extension of your personality yes that's exactly what I would call it um <laughs> is like it just kind of epitomizes because I always say that I'm just such a chameleon and I don't really view myself as one person. I feel like I have all these different personalities and I'm always growing and changing. I feel like a new person every day, essentially. So um, especially when I'm under pressure or when I'm feeling anxious, I'm just very unpredictable and erratic, which is how I've felt for the past few months in this type of climate where everyone's a bit stressed and things have just been, it's like uncharted territory a bit. So I guess all these different aspects of my personality just manifested through the music and um, it was definitely unpredictable and, but they're all very authentic to me. So it didn't feel odd putting it all together on the same body of work. And I think the disjointed nature of the transitions actually reflects exactly how I was feeling. So it kind of felt perfectly me. Oh, that's so good. And it's weird. I'm so glad you said that because they're all such different tracks, but they all, 
they all work so well together. And I love it when that comes together, particularly on a four track. Um, I'm just going to stop talking about it and let the listeners have a bit themselves. So I'm going to play my personal favorite track on the album. Um, here is Cota Banks with Let You Leave. Chilling in my house, chilling on the couch, uh, uh, trying to figure out how to go without you. Oh, come on, my mouth, till you're not around. Uh, uh, but how can I let you leave, babe? That's your favorite. I'm glad. That's my favorite. It's such a beautifully pulsing song, and there's that gorgeous kind of '90s R&B feel to it, while also sounding very now. Like it's beautifully put together. I just want to know: Can you talk me through the origins of this track for you? Yeah. So this song, it was actually the song I was least certain about putting out. Um, it was the song that kind of grew on me the most. So I wrote it on my couch and I wrote it over this beat. Um, my producer Swick often sends me a whole package of beats and I go through them listen to them, pick the ones that I'm vibing with most. And this one, um, I actually didn't find straight away I came back to it and listened to it listened to the pack a few times eventually found it and then I wrote something on my couch to it and just left it for three months and kind of didn't think anything of it just thought it was a cute little idea that I'd started and it was only when I got into the studio with my producer when I'd finally flown down to Melbourne that I just stumbled across it in my notes and we revisited it and it turned into this beautiful song that my manager actually had to push me on she was like this is beautiful and I was like I don't know it's kind of I just didn't really understand it yet, um, which sometimes happens with my music because I often feel like I'm not really even the person writing it. Sometimes I just feel kind of like a vessel. I know that sounds really um, ethereal and hipster, but like, so it takes a while for me sometimes to even hop on board with my own songs because I'm not really sure what I've just written. So that was kind of the, the process of let you leave. I guess. That's brilliant. And I mean, I was going to say that you said that happens a lot. Is it sometimes maybe even you go, okay, I've got the melody there. Oh, I've got some words I'm going to put down to it. But then it's so lovely to hear um, that the artist gets the same thing as the consumer, because you know, often when you hear a song and you go, oh, this means this to me and this, I'm putting this on this day and it's making me really happy. And then you break the lyrics down and you go, oh, this is not a happy song when they wrote it. But there are so <laughs> many different ways you can take it. Um, yes, exactly. And yeah. you're getting that even when you write it. <laughs> totally. And it's interesting because I can take that song a million different ways depending on the day for me. You know, one day it has a particularly nostalgic energy and it takes me back to a really nice time in my life. And there's another day where, I'm, where it feels like a sad song to me and it reminds me of a time where I went through heartbreak. So the song itself is like multifaceted energy wise as well, at least for me. Oh, I mean, I, yeah, again, multifaceted, that is your music. And I mean, you often release uh, acoustic versions of your tracks. And, and my favorite is Feel Again, which is such a beautiful shift on its original release. It kind of goes from retrospective distortion of a summer dream to this very reflective confessional, you know, and the acoustic version stripped of its production really showcases your incredible voice. Actually, I need to play it and not talk about it. So here is <laughs> Feel Again, acoustic. Oh my, 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 never felt so fast 
Waiting for the crash. Why, 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 why? Seven eight nine in the night, pitch black, and we get off track. High, high, high. You're an evil genius. I only thought of you like a friend. Got me feeling this way. Something real and present. Give me chills, chills. songwriter how vital is that multi-dimension aspect of a song good question first off i want to say that i want you to write all my press releases from now on (laughs) (laughs) best way of putting things (laughs) um multifaceted natures of songs is super important to me because um i think it kind of the importance comes across when you listen to each different song that I put out. Like I just really enjoy diversity and I enjoy layers to something. And I really enjoy tracks, especially. And this is why Eminem is one of my favorite artists is because you can go back and listen to his song, the same song a million times and find different things each time. It seems like every song, every time you listen to the song, you experience something new that you didn't hear before. So that's kind of what I try to achieve in my music. And even when I'm, when I wrote a song like feel again, I was thinking about how it would sound acoustically on the piano. And I often try to write, even when I'm writing really upbeat pop songs, I try to have an element of emotion or like I try to picture it stripped back and you know, how a song sounds in its most basic form is really important because to me that reflects if it's a good song or not. So I always try and do that a little bit with my songs as well. Oh, it's gorgeous. And it creates such a different sound. Um, it's incredible. And I know um, an equal contender for the amount of times that I've pressed play. And actually, everyone at Women in Pop have pressed the repeat button on our stereo with your new EP um, is yes, with its kind of dreamy, neon lit bubblegum paradise kind of feel. Mm. Um, it's gorgeous. And actually, again, I need to play this first. So here is Kota Banks with yes. Now you've said that yes is its pure pop in nature. Um, yeah. And it was a track that you said was risky for you initially. I want to know why, why that was. Mm. It was risky because I have kind of developed this, not image or brand, but most of the songs that I put out have a futuristic vibe sonically and the soundscape is a little more experimental. So when I said that I kind of meant it ironically because it's not necessarily, I think it's actually maybe like my most palatable song. It's my most accessible sounding song. I think maybe the most amount of people would probably like this because it's easy to listen to. But at the same time for me as a, as an artist, it's maybe the most different sound that I've experimented with thus far. So that's why it felt the most risky for me to put out. And I just wanted to know, I mean, how, do you balance that 
creative freedom. And I mean, clearly you love experimentation with music with what I also imagine to be quite a lot of pressure to stay true to your brand and make a hit. Mm. I think my brand at this point is just like, um, like a lack of cohesion. I think my brand at this point, and it's really cool for me to listen to the radio sometimes because they'll play my songs and people will text in lovely things like, you know, oh, super unpredictable. Like, you know, we never know what to expect from her. And to me, that's exactly what I've been trying to achieve with my music for the longest time. So it's, it's kind of like that is my brand now. And it, like you said, I mean, it, it is a beautiful, like it is, it's a beautiful pop track. Um, and it's really interesting because for a long time, pop, like many other music genres, was almost people's secret which was strange because pop is actually, you know, just popular music. So anything we yeah. listen to, ACDC, Taylor Swift, they all fall under the same umbrella. And I just want to know what that means to you. Really good question. And I think that's why I can kind of get away with all of the different subgenres influencing the music and still have it sound a little bit cohesive or have it sound like me is because pop is just one big, um, um, like there's all these different types of, influences that fall under the big umbrella of pop music so and that's what I really embrace I love all different types of pop you said ACD, ACDC mm -hmm. you said Taylor Swift and I love both of them so pop to me is exactly how you've just described it which is why I think I feel so comfortable diving into different sounds and feeling just at home in all of them is because at my heart I'm a pop artist Gorgeous. Now I want to rewind a little bit. We got NFFA, your first single that came to us oh in 2016. God. Come on. This is some incredibly catchy electronic pop. I mean, you wrote it and you performed it with such, I'm going to say it, you had like fierce command, something you've only ever seemed to grapple even stronger as your career has grown. I find with your music that your one true baseline, should we say, is that confidence, that fierce confidence attached to such a playful and welcoming heart. Like you command the song and the stage, but you do it with such camaraderie in an area where other artists, particularly female artists, have been kind of pushed to turn confidence into a fight. But you've clearly kept it ladies first and friends first. And I want to know where, where, if you know, did that come from? Wow, you really understand me. That's how I feel. Thank you, Jess. <laughs> You're welcome. Because um, I've tried to kept it. I've tried to keep it. Because there's definitely an aggression that I feel when I write these songs, but I never want it to come across as, you know, me pitting myself against someone else or me coming across as me thinking that I'm better than another person. That's not the type of confidence that I've ever wanted to portray. So it's really cool that you distinguish between those two things. Um, I forgot your question. What did you ask me? Oh, I just wanted to know where, yeah, well, you've answered it. Where did that come from? Like, who were the fierce women in your life that inspired you? Like, or is that just your nature? Um, I think with music, it's almost an amplification of the parts of my personality that I wish were bigger in real life. So whilst I would say that I'm a confident person and can be sassy, it's kind of a trait that I admire and um, you know, I have strong women around me. Like my manager is a really strong, powerful woman and my sisters, my sister inspires me a lot, my mom. So I guess it's come from them, but I guess it also came from me just wanting to feel that way more often. So I feel like, you know, the more you spend time writing a certain way and, and 
investing your energy in, in feeling that way, the more you're gonna, just going to become that way. It's kind of like placebo or just whatever you focus on gets bigger. So that's why I think I did that. I like that. Even when you're not feeling it, well, it's almost like a fake it till you make it, but with character traits. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I wrote, I'm it actually. I was having a really shit day and was not feeling confident at all. And I'd really let someone get to me and, and um, make me feel not confident. And so I wrote that song to spite them and almost, it was just a way for me to hype myself up, which is um so it's been really nice when people listen to it and they tell me it's the song that makes them feel confident because i wrote it for myself to feel confident almost that makes sense. that you wrote your own anthem we all need yeah. that um yeah. i wanted to get a little of your backstory now i know you've been writing and performing since you were a child but you've got this incredible um you know across the pond you've got a, a, your home Italia features heavily in your songs your nonna even springs up into your into your video we loved Italiana earlier this year just Thanks. infectious melodies and very tongue-in-cheek lyricism it was just a fresh dose of your you know confidence and like hell yeah um where did your love of I want to say everything but particularly music come from Hmm. I think it came from not listening to it in my childhood at all <laughs> and discovering it later on because I think there was so much that I felt like I had to catch up on and I discovered it a little bit later in my life. We never really played music around the house when I was growing up. So I think it came from, it was like this really concentrated passion of mine later on in life because I hadn't had it early on. And I've always loved to sing though. So I was in all the musicals growing up and I had singing lessons. When we lived in Italy, I had opera, operatic singing lessons. Um, so I always knew that I liked to sing. And I guess I actually didn't write my first song till I was 17, 18. Um, I didn't even know writing songs was like a possibility. I just didn't even know that people wrote songs, if that makes sense. I just thought they appeared magically. <laughs> So it was, uh, it was kind of a lot, a late start for me, but yeah. You say you, you came in late and you never wrote songs, but your writing and your lyrics are incredible. Were you writing stories or poetry or? I do write poetry now, but early on, I mean, I loved, I've always loved words and I guess English was my best subject at school and I liked literature. So maybe that's a part of it, but no, I never really grew up writing anything or creating anything. It's interesting. Well, you've, you've, you know, kind of hit the floor running and you've done it very well. <laughs> so well done. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, sort of the music industry, should we say. Now, there's obviously an incredibly thin line between feminist pride and sexist objectification. There's yep. this whole virgin whore dichotomy and it's been around since, God, since music started sort of, you know, ringing our ears thousands and thousands of years ago. Mm. Um, your own Instagram feed is often quite sensual. And you mentioned in an interview with us previously that you've experienced yourself like guys reducing whatever visual that you've posted to a discussion about like touching you or slut shaming. Mm -hmm. um, why do you think it is we vilify women for choosing to own their sexuality? Or like, what are your thoughts on objectification versus the female empowerment in the pop music industry? Mm. Such a complex question. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, I just think it's really tough because even when I have these conversations with people, you know, people are very set in their ways. I think people who are sexist, it's really hard to have a conversation with them because it comes more from just this 
idea that women are, you know, sexual objects that we've kind of been, that's been within us for years and years and centuries and centuries. So I guess I just do my thing. And when I receive those comments, I put people in their place and I let them know that, um, it's objectification and that I can do what I want with my body. And that, you know, I think recently, especially for this EP coming up, I had a conversation with my photographer about doing nude shoots and I posted a few naked photos, not completely naked, but you know, we did nude shoots and I was naked and covering my boobs. And um, for me, that felt really empowering because I was taking, uh, I was just kind of taking the approach that the naked body is a, is artistic and is vulnerable and it, it you know i tried to take the sexual sexuality out of it a, a little bit and so i guess i don't know just kind of going the other way and embracing and maybe posting more sensual f- pictures than not is my way of of, of combat, combating the whole idea of sexism but, but it's such a nuanced complicated issue that i can't even like i don't even know how to discuss it with you now unless we mm. get you know unless we really break it down because it's just so complicated. Yeah, and of course, I mean, women are notoriously um, strung up for either being too much or not enough or yeah. hot or not hot. And they're not playing the music because they're not hot or they are playing the music because they're not hot. And it, you know, no matter what angle, and I'm sure you've experienced this tenfold, no matter what angle or what side of yourself you're choosing to put forward, like you do with your sound, you're going to be strung up either way. And it's just, you know, this is why uh, the industry is dominated with male artists and not female because women get, you know, it's kind of like, (laughs) she's a witch or she's a whore. So pick one. You made a really interesting point just then about even if society generally perceives you as unattractive as a woman, that's kind of also branded into your image. Like it's never just with men. I just feel like it's not about looks at all for the majority of male artists, but you're right. Even with women, there's always an angle. Even if you're not selling sex, it has to be, you're doing the opposite. Like if you look at Billie Eilish, who is amazing and I love her and she is a really attractive woman, but she's kind of made it a thing to not sexualize herself. And all of her outfits are really baggy and she makes it a point never to show her body because she doesn't want to be sexualized. But even that that's a thing, like I would love for us to be able to get to the point where we can do a nude shoot and there's no contention about whether it's sexual and it's just a really cool um, addendum to the music. Exactly. And that's the thing you go, people don't even hear Billie Eilish's music anymore. They're like, oh, that's the one that doesn't (laughs) get naked. And how often was Prince naked throughout his career? No one talked about that. Totally. Now you have done quite a lot of touring and played tons of festivals and you always know how to get the crowd, not just going, but uniting as a whole at a party. It's brilliant. It's like a house party every time you can whiff her outside. I want to know what is your favorite thing about a live show? I'm like rubbing salt in the wound because you can't do it. Thanks a lot, Jet. (laughs) (laughs) I think my favorite thing about a live show is... Oh, that's a really good question. There's different things every time. There's different things I like about it. There's things I hate about it. I have a complicated relationship with playing live music. I think the best thing about it is when you're playing to a crowd of people that know you and love you and know your songs um, and you can just feel the connection and the union between everyone. 
And, you know, when people sing my lyrics back, obviously that's ridiculous. And when I can audibly hear them singing my melodies back to me, that's probably the best feeling. And even meeting people afterwards, I think that's so special to hear stories of, of how my music has impacted their life. And I find I'm it has had a big impact on my fans for the most part, which is really special for me to hear about. So all of those things I love. Beautiful. And hopefully we'll be able to get some more of that soon. But, um, you know, regardless, what is on the horizon for you? So much, so much, I hope. <laughs> I mean, I've planned so much. Who knows how much of it will come to fruition in these circumstances and how much everything's going to be put on hold. But I have a lot of music in in the computer that I'm waiting to release. I have a project coming out with a female collaborator in the next few months, which we're both really excited about. I'm not going to say the name yet, just in case we, because we haven't really announced it. And hopefully travel plans next year. I want to release an album next year. I want to tour next year. There's a lot. There's a lot. But we're going to get some more code to regard us. I lo- thank you so much again for um, releasing amidst this chaos because everyone needs music, don't they? I feel um, like I should thank you for, for listening to my music. Kota, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It has honestly been such a treat to talk to you. Everybody, the new EP from Coda Bank, Sweet and the Spice, is out across all platforms. So please get out there and hit play and then rewind and then play. No one rewinds anymore, but you know what I mean. It's an absolute <laughs> treat. And before we go, a reminder that the brand new issue of Women in Pop magazine with Mariah Carey on the cover is out now. Inside we have interviews with Carly Rae Jepsen, Freya Ridings, Dummy M, Toki Monster, G Flip, plus loads more. You can buy a copy now online at womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe or find a retailer near you at womeninpop.com forward slash retailers. Thank you for listening. Everybody, please stay safe and take care of yourself. We'll be back very soon with a new episode. And until then, from myself and Kota, goodbye. Bye. Bye.